Want five-star service from a financial institution you can trust? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We live in a world today where content is king and everybody can be an expert on the internet. Building your own personal brand is the secret to success in this postmodern digital age. But while it may be second nature to those who were born during the Clinton presidency, some of us need a little help. That's where Big Fish Presentations comes in. This Baton Rouge firm is run by four entrepreneurs of the millennial generation who specialize in helping their clients tell better stories, make better videos, and give better speeches. Everyone has to put themselves out there today, and Big Fish Presentations teaches the art of more effective self-promotion. The firm's principals also have a new book out about innovative ways to present your ideas and reel in your audience. Kenny Wynn is the president and CEO of Big Fish. Kenny? Thanks for joining me on Out to Lunch today. Thank you for having me, Stephanie. And while there are all sorts of innovative new ways to present ideas, the art of good public speaking has been around a long time. And the group Toastmasters International has long specialized in training people to be better public speakers. Toastmasters International is a nonprofit organization run mostly by volunteers who head up chapters all over the world and hold regular meetings where they coach and train anyone who's interested in how to be a more effective communicator. Also joining us today is Rebecca Arnett, who heads up the District 68 chapter of Toastmasters International right here in Baton Rouge. Rebecca, thank, thank you for, you for joining. Well, I'm going to go back to Kenny for a minute and start with you and your company. Big Fish Presentations is four young guys, millennials, cool, ambitious. Was it like, okay, we don't know what to do with our lives, so we're going to tell other people how to run their companies and what to do with their lives? <laughs> so Big Fish started about four and a half, actually five years ago now. And we always thought, and the story behind it was, it started off with two founders, now we have four. Uh, we saw a really boring presentation at LSU. Okay. And I remember it was the most boring presentation of my life. <laughs> and I thought to myself, uh, it was with a Fortune 500 executive, and he had an hour to speak, Stephanie, believe it or not. And I remember at this organization, he came up on stage and spoke for three hours. Oh, no. And it gets even worse, though. He had 200 slides <gasps> with nothing but text. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, and I, as I was sitting there, I kept thinking, oh, my gosh, what if there was a company that could help this guy better present? And what if we can actually help make his presentation? I mean, this is a fortune Indeed. company. Something yeah. here can work. So we thought, what if we help people become better presenters? That can help their careers. And fortunately, the idea worked and paid off. And so, did you have expertise in this area? I mean, you were confident, obviously, that you could take this Fortune 500 guy, for instance, and tell him how to be a better public presenter. Yes, I always felt like I was a confident public speaker growing up. My first big speech, actually, was at my grandfather's funeral, so I figured anything else after that, it was easy. <laughs> and uh, for that, though, it really instilled in me, is like, 
you know, if you're given a gift of communication, why don't you share it? Yeah. And so it's always been something that I was able to develop. And for now, I feel much more confident than back then. But back then, I even felt like we can do this. So you said y'all have been doing this for five years now. You've, yeah. you've branched out and you also do graphic design now and copywriting and video production. But mm -hmm. it all centered on the presentation, right? And the right. public speaking aspect of it. Yeah, so we do uh, presentation training, presentation design, video production. But one thing that we do big now is actually conference production. We'll go in, for example, Raising Cane's has their 20th anniversary uh, summit this weekend and Monday. We're, we go in out there and producing the conference. We're training, working with the executives. We're doing the stage design. We're doing uh, what actually goes on the screen, the videos, everything A to Z. That's the real Turnkey. That's the real passion I have is making the whole entire experience magical. I'm, I think very Disney-like. Yeah. And so I think, like, how can we make this like a Disney show? How do you make this very like surprising, the suspense is there? I'm not going to spoil it. I'm sure you'll hear about it on their social media, but we have a lot of cool things that we planned out. That is so great. Now, are there industry leaders in this field that y'all are replacing or competing with? Uh, yeah, there are actually. One that we compete with against is uh, actually one of my biggest mentors named Nancy Duarte. She has a book named uh, Resonate mm -hmm. and Duarte Design. She actually was, believe it or not, Steve Jobs' presentation coach. And so before his keynotes, she wow, went that's and coached pretty big. Them. It was really cool, though, because I met her in San Francisco. I asked her, and she was mentoring me for about an hour. I asked her, why are you doing this? Like, and she told me the most like cool line ever. She goes, I invented the industry, but you guys are the ones that are going to lead it. Wow. And so that right there was like, man, you can't have a more badass line than that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, damn. <laughs> that's great. Now, y'all are in Baton Rouge. You said you live part-time in New Orleans. Your company is based here. Are your clients all over the country now, or mm -hmm. region? Y'all are growing nationally, or you're still local? We're, we're still uh, national, or more global. So like, our global clients are like GE, Verizon, Paramount Pictures. Wait, so y'all y'all do this for GE, Verizon? Yeah, but, and uh, y'all have done presentations for, for mm -hmm. those co corporations? Yes, we have. And like uh, we help them with conferences and actually helping with their presentation culture. So it's uh, we've how been very you, blessed. How do you get in the door? So for us, we've uh, I've been very lucky in a sense of like, Beth Comstock, the CMO of GE, now she's the vice chair, came down to New Orleans Entrepreneur Week last week, or last year, and I came and met her, and, and I, was, I was always a really big fan of GE's marketing. I asked her, man, I love what y'all do, and she actually asked me, what do you do? And I told her, she said, we need a lot of help. And so that's how, like, and networking is so powerful because if you authentically care and create conversation rather than you're looking for something, I found that was always an easy path mm -hmm. to, you never know where, but, now we work with her. Networking is so important. And Rebecca, I'd like to bring you in because I think y'all have a lot in common. But first, tell us about Toastmasters International because it's, it's not a company. It's a club that's been around since the early 1900s. It was an offshoot of the YMCA. And now there are thousands of chapters all over the world that help people give presentations and speeches, right? Correct. It was started by Dr. Ralph Smedley in California in 1924. He was into public speaking and he really looked around and said everybody needs this so he and the YMCA started to form chapters and they branched out of California and slowly worked its way throughout the United States and now we're an international nonprofit so we are in 225 countries right now with thousands of clubs all around the world uh, Louisiana has 52 active clubs really right here and we form districts, and our district is a little bit of Beaumont, most of Louisiana, a little bit of Mississippi. We take from the very beginning of can you just get in front of somebody else and speak 
to how do you organize yourself, how do you get to the point of what your communication should be, using your voice and your body to relay a message, how to research, how to use the all types of visual aids, not just PowerPoint, but everything, sure. all the way to not only getting head nods, but calling others to action. Why are so many people so afraid of public speaking? It's a perception. They think that all these people are staring at you and you give them control. What most people don't realize until they actually start to get into public speaking is that you are the one in control. Mm -hmm but they see all these faces and they are thinking that they are the ones that's lost control so they fear this loss once they get up and they start to realize that they are the ones that are doing this and that you are now the expert i've watched people go from completely terrified to relax to getting what i call the speaking bug and wanting to continuously be on stage and presenting their ideas. Have y'all ever, Kenny or Rebecca, ha had a client or had a, a trainee in your group that you just couldn't get them to overcome that fear or to become a better speaker, presenter? I've never had anyone in my professional career that wasn't able to better. Um, fortunately, it's because I think they relate to me. I'm naturally introverted, believe it or not, and I run a presentation company. And the thing is, I've had to develop that skill over time, like, I let him know it's like, you know, as an introvert, like when I did my first TED I'm talk. I'm sorry, I don't believe you're an introvert. Like, see, like, <laughs> you it's You were the most friendly, outgoing <laughs> person the minute I walked in. You were and, just And I know people like, find that hard to, thank you, <laughs> I find that hard to believe. Like, uh, it's because like, when I was a kid, it's like, you know, I was always like more introverted. Mm -hmm. I felt like as the company grew, you develop skills. Whenever you do something, you learn skills, you can adapt. I'm more ambiverted, how's that? Okay. Which is like a little bit of both. But I've always found that, uh, you know, with us, I can relate to them. So. I tell them the story, like, if someone's really scared, I say, like, think about this. Like, this is your big moment. If you really care about it and you're nervous, it's perfectly okay. you got to embrace that moment. And I remember when I gave my first uh, my first TEDx talk at mm -hmm. TEDxLSU, I was so nervous, Stephanie. I remember I even, I threw out my, my whole entire content the day beforehand because oh, no. <laughs> I was so nervous. And I thought to myself, like, what can I do this to teach other people? And I told them, at the end of the day, if you're nervous, it's okay because you care. But more importantly, at the end of the day, if you remember that people remember the presenter more than the presentation, and you focus on that, you're going to do all right. Interesting. So. Rebecca, is there a central key to conquering fear that you have identified? I there is. There's a actually a couple of different keys. Number one is know the space that you're in. We always recommend to someone, go in ahead of time, kind of get a feel, look around. What does the room set up? How are people? Understanding what that room is helps people become a little more confident, a little more comfortable. The other thing that we recommend is don't sit. Mm -hmm. Get up, walk around. If you feel the need, go outside and do a few jumping jacks. Get the blood flowing. And then to take the nervousness that you have and channel it in to your presentation. People come on stage, they're really nervous. You can see their hands are trembling. and Turn that into excitement. Make that into something different because that nervous energy is going to be there, but you're going to repurpose it. And by knowing the steps. Another thing that I always recommend, memorize your introduction, memorize your conclusion, and the rest, know your key points. Yeah. Otherwise than that, don't worry about, oh, I forgot to say this certain phrase. It's okay. They don't know right. that. 
don't apologize because they have no idea what you meant to say in your head. By having those small little key elements, your nervousness will dissipate. Great advice. Well, Rebecca and Kenny, I want to introduce you all to a special guest who is joining us today. Her name is Ashley Monahan, and she owns Ashley Monahan Consulting, where she works as a creative director, a stylist, brand developer, and social media marketing strategist. And she's also an undergraduate student at LSU, pursuing a major in public relations with a minor in graphic design. And given that she was only a little girl when Facebook was created, she probably doesn't remember much about the world before social media. So she probably could teach us all a thing or two, and I'm sure she has questions for y'all as well. So Ashley, thanks for joining us. Thanks, I'm happy to be here. Well, you have quite a lot on your plate. What made you decide to jump into the professional world before you've even graduated yet? <laughs> um, I've always kind of been a, I guess you could say a go-getter um, or a workaholic. When I was 15, I started interning for, or volunteering with the Southern Coalition of Fashion and Design. Mm -hmm. um, just, I went to, the first NOLA Fashion Week and I was obsessed with everything that was in front of me and I immediately wanted to get involved and understand the behind the scenes and what was going on backstage. And this was a period of my life where I was not like, I didn't even know what marketing was. It was like, oh, Instagram just came out. How fun <laughs> is this? You know, like no one had like branding, like that just wasn't happening yet. Right. Blogging was just starting to be a thing. So um, I got to kind of grow, especially in the fashion world with this company and with that um, that trend of like blogging and Instagram and you know developing your brand visually and how important that is um, and so by the time I got to college it was something that I was very interested in something I'd been following for years and uh, people kept coming to me because I was implementing all of these things that I was seeing in the world like for myself and my brand and what I was doing and so people kept coming to me asking me oh can you review this and like does this match you know what you think my brand is and this is what I'm going for or what should I even major in you know all of these questions about their either personal life or their business and um, I was like well I can probably start making money off of this because there you go <laughs> because I've been doing it for so long and I've had a, a bunch of experiences with small businesses so do you feel like you're learning more from the business side of, of your experiences or are you actually learning something in college too? <laughs> <laughs> um, no I'm definitely learning um, things in college uh, I actually changed my major yesterday <laughs> like so crazy but I'm still I'm still graduating on time um, right. and so I'm still learning things I, I learned that I'm much more interested in the advertising world than I am public relations and so I like went and saw my you know area head and I was like what can I do and he just walked me over and we changed my major <laughs> so it's crazy so I'm very much that kind of person where you know if I see something and it's possible I'm gonna go for it yeah, that's great. I know older people, certainly anybody over 40, finds that the pace of change just dizzying. You know, just oh as yeah. soon as you master Snapchat or you get an Instagram <laughs> account, oops, it's something else. Yeah. Okay, so for, for millennials and, and even college students, is, is the pace of change dizzying to y'all as well? I mean, or are y'all so accustomed to the only constant being changed that you're okay with it? If there was no change, I'd be really worried because I feel like there's no progress. Exactly. And that's how I've always felt about it is that if there's not like a new hip thing that millennials love, I think like the business trend this year is like people will embrace more millennial thinking as well, especially, you know, baby, baby boomers will retire, millennials will take their place. I mean, quite mm -hmm. frankly, that's what it mm -hmm. is. If I don't see like there's new trends going, I start to worry. It's like, where are we thinking? Like, you know, uh, Peter Thiel from PayPal, yes. he said like, uh, you know, we only got 140 characters 
and like beforehand they had like a whole bunch of different things that's how big the innovation was it makes me worried is that you know what happens in the future if we don't have new developments so like i love how it's dizzying and there's so much noise in a sense because it shows that there's progress i don't know if you agree and there's that. a way to like yeah there's a way to yeah. fight that like there's so much progress and so there's so much content and all these people creating all these different things so it's challenging you know these new innovators and these new people to either come up with something different you know face the status quo um it's really fun. It's a really energetic, fun, fast-paced environment to be in. And I think that's why millennials like it so much um, and why so many millennials are drawn to more careers in advertising and Absolutely. stuff like and technology. Um, but no, I, I mean, I think sometimes it gets really annoying because you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, I know. Like, well, we if have you're to trying go through to plan for some things. media strategy exactly. or a buy-in yeah, strategy, that, yeah. that's where, where, do you, it gets where do you throw <laughs> your dollars? Is exactly. It? Yeah, it's, that's where it gets really annoying because, like, when there's a new fad and, like, everyone goes on, you think, do I, should I invest in this now? Because a year later it could be irrelevant. You might blow your whole budget on it. Or it might be the greatest big thing. Exactly. Right. And it's also interesting um, where you are. So, like, if you're, we're in Baton Rouge and you know we kind of have the trickle down system going mm -hmm. on to where you know new york might be or somewhere in the north might be on this certain trend and i don't know if you know of gary vanderchuk but he's mm -hmm. like really awesome and he spearheads lots of marketing and advertising campaigns and stuff um but he you know is talking about how facebook is dead and facebook is dead and i just went to a conference in baton rouge that was facebook oriented like for a certain target audience um middle-aged women that were like all doing life coach type of businesses right. I know and it's of not dead for them like they're <laughs> making tons of money for that and so it's just like how do you figure out you know what's actually happening where you are and then what's happening in the world and trying to like just trying to figure all that out can be really frustrating at times <laughs> but fun <laughs> it becomes very interesting when you are dealing with multi-generations mm -hmm. because when we look at our marketing strategy I have to look at the district which is parts of Louisiana and Texas and Mississippi and I have to understand what's happening with the Gulf South then I have to understand what's happening international wide I have to understand what's happening in India what is happening in China what is happening in Japan all around the world what are they seeing and what are some of the new trends that I might see in the next few years versus what are some of the trends that they may be getting from me and it was really interesting Toastmasters has a conference every year where we get together and start to talk about what that means uh, because for a lot of our members that are in their 40s and older Facebook is still a valid a means right. of communicating and when we start to talk about going to different media venues I get what a, what where is <laughs> right. this or yeah. oh my grandkids are on that and I have to explain to them yes I'm also trying to get your grandchildren right. not just more grown adults and it becomes very interesting because we have to take a careful look at what things are and what they mean for and, and traditional media still really has a place I mean for instance a t TV shows like Shark Tank I mean those you see a lot of cross crossover there and that that's a, a great place for people yeah and uh, to piggyback what you said though Rebecca is that the most active group I have on my Facebook is Toastmasters by far <laughs> like it's always a conversation like literally I'll get like 20 no I'm not kidding like 20 to 30 notifications a day this is like a really active community so I think like while there's a lot of noise the real ones stay mm -hmm. and yes. others don't like you know you have a lot of like social media websites that don't make it like MySpace because they don't innovate but I think like if you find your niche where you are and how you communicate you'll do well like you know for us like 
I love seeing messages for Toastmasters on there because that's the most authentic way they communicate. Other brands, I like Twitter. Okay. So it's really knowing like what's your brand's core strategy and how your audience best loves to use their social media. Toastmasters for sure loves Facebook. I love it. Yeah. They love Facebook and they love LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn is another right. big venue that they use. Every day I get LinkedIn posts from Toastmasters <laughs> around the world that we talk about different subjects all the way from how do we present to each other to questions about I have this going on at work, what's going on? And it, uh, the whole Toastmasters community really joins in and will answer each other's questions. And we'll ha one of the fascinating things about Toastmasters is even when we have some of our strictest competitions, I have watched the competitors turn around and give the person advice on how they can make their speech even better to beat them the next time. That's and great. That is That's an awesome. amazing yeah. thing to witness. Uh, big competitors that are trying to go for world champion of public speaking, that they're wanting a career to be a public speaker and turning to somebody else and giving them advice on it's how part of that to community be better. There. It, but it's a part it of the community. It's such a, a big wonderful community. culture that y'all have. Yeah. It is, yeah. it is. Well, y'all, it's time to do the checklist. It's the part of the show where we take a little break and ask you each a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. So, Rebecca, I'll start with you. When you were a child, were you in leadership or entrepreneurial ventures? I was not at <laughs> all. <laughs> it's a it's a big joke around the district because, as, as my friend over here, I am an introvert. I don't I, believe that. Either. I don't <laughs> believe that. I am an introvert with social anxiety, so I I always tell people, hey. And I enjoyed sitting in the back of the crowd. And it wasn't until I got the opportunity to be a leader that I realized that I could be a leader. And Toastmasters gave That's me that. That's great. And it's worked. Gave me that. It's mm -hmm. worked. Kenny, here's a question for you. What would make you consider leaving Baton Rouge? Anything? So far, I think the best developments of Baton Rouge is the real estate. I love it because when you see a good real estate development, you're bringing in and attracting a lot of talent and jobs. If I see like a downturn on that, in terms of like batteries just want to get better in terms of like bringing new jobs and also like getting new industries coming down here, that would be probably my biggest, heaviest consideration. The thing that keeps me here the most though is definitely the people. Mm -hmm. You cannot replace the people down here in Baton Rouge. And that's why I love Baton Rouge in this city so much. That's exactly why we did that 99U conference last year was because uh, we thought Baton Rouge needed a better creative conference and now we have crop this year, which is awesome. So if I stop seeing that innovation, and I will always be the one to say I will charge it forward, but I can't do it alone, obviously. That's when I feel like I would kind of cap off and say, maybe the city doesn't want it. And I wouldn't sacrifice myself for that, but I will sacrifice myself on making the city a better place until they wouldn't let me anymore. <laughs> I'm sure that, hope, so. we hope that day doesn't come. <laughs> Ashley, um, what about you? Do you play a musical instrument? I do, actually. Um, I play guitar and piano. Oh, very nice. Um, but I'm actually a singer, like by trade, I guess. <laughs> um, so you sing on the side in addition to your marketing and your school? Yeah. Um, I'm in a band called Ship of Fools, which is been really fun. We've been together for a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what kind of what is your genre? That is a little difficult. Um, two two five called us romantic noir pop. Romantic noir pop, which like is that. very yeah. It's uh, we have a cellist and the uh, the members of my band are really wonderful at trying to take like pop structures and 
rearrange them or twist them somehow. Um, but yeah, we're having a lot of fun. We're playing at South by Southwest this year. Oh, and going cool. Going on tour this summer. So Big time. It's happening. <laughs> that is definitely happening. All right. Well, y'all, believe it or not, we're almost out of time. But before we go, I wanted to ask y'all each a, a quick question. What should we be looking for on the horizon in terms of social media um, developments? What do y'all see coming next? Any idea? Well, one, one that's slowly making its way into Louisiana is Meetup. And meet I don't up. know okay. if y'all have done a lot with oh, yeah. Meetup. Meetup is, is slowly, it's, it's being embraced by the older generations. And it's really interesting. You go onto the website and you put in the things that interest you. And all these different communities put their information up and they say, hey, we're meeting this place, we're meeting this place. There's singles groups, there are people that are in nursing homes, people wow. who love movies, people who love food, and they do different things. And a couple of years ago, when we first started talking about it at Toastmasters, it really wasn't down here in the South. It was very big in New York, it was very big in California, it wasn't down here. Now it's starting to come here and be more meet up. Utilized. All right, we'll mm -hmm. be looking for that. Um, anything I think that connects the brand to the consumer in real time yeah. is going to be happening. And that's all that people want now, like with Snapchat and especially Periscope. Mm -hmm. um, and it, because Periscope, you can record like any video at length and people can ask you questions in real time and watch what you're doing in that moment, you know, besides something that you post on Instagram or Facebook or anything, um, having your consumer be able to like literally be there in the room with you as you're, you know, filming behind the scenes stuff or showing them a glimpse of, you know, a new product development. Like, I think that is going to be on the forefront of what's happening. I think personally Snapchat. At the end of the day, people want real life stories. They want it now. It's quick, simple. You can't beat that. And like, I find for brands that embrace Snapchat, and you know it's like the fastest social media that's it's definitely growing. grow yeah. with the kids i mean the teenagers yeah. are all over snapchat yeah. and that tells you something exactly so like usually you can see where they're going yeah. where you want to go <laughs> hence the whatsapp a acquisition by facebook but for me i've always seen like snapchat to be that platform where you want something quick and now and you want something authentic you can put on snapchat because it's really like one-on-one -on -one. like that's why like you have like you know dj khaled yeah. how he's getting oh, super he's so funny. famous oh. off like the keys to success yeah. like yeah. those kind of things become like viral quote unquote because they utilize platforms like that where it's quick and easy and they're memorable. And he mastered that completely. He's from New Orleans actually, by okay. the way. And uh, I find it so unique is that Snapchat will be, in my opinion, the most definitive new social media account that people will use or platform. We will be keeping an eye on it. Well, y'all, with so many new businesses communicating at our fingertips, if you want to succeed in business and life, you have to put yourself out there. And it's good to know that we have entrepreneurs right here in Baton Rouge who have figured out how to monetize a way of teaching people how to do just that. So Kenny Wynn, Rebecca Arnett, and Ashley Monahan, thanks for joining us today on Out to Lunch and sharing your tips on how we can all do a better job of getting our message out there. Thank you. Awesome, thank, thank you for having us, Stephanie. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Kenny Wynn, president of Big Fish Presentations, Rebecca Arnett, director of the District 68 chapter of Toastmasters International, and Ashley Monahan of Ashley Monahan Consulting. You can find out more about Big Fish Presentations, Toastmasters International, and Ashley Monahan Consulting by following the links on our websites, wrkf.org and itsbatonrouge.la. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. 
Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's music, including his latest album, Puzzle, is available at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, it's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for it's batonrouge.la and wrkf, 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base joneswalker.com and by Business First Bank with locations throughout the state including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. One five-star service from a financial institution you can trust? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC.